Uh, breaking news, apparently Mighty Number no. 92 is already a thing. <laughs> what? Yeah, go look at Raquel's Tumblr. Oh my... Oh. Oh, Inafune? More like Inafu... No! And here we are, final day, final Sox cast of 2015. Day 10 of the Game of the Year podcast. (laughs) Top five games of the year as selected by your wonderful host, me. I am Polly, and to my immediate virtual right, he hasn't had diarrhea in six years. It's Rhett. It's been longer than that. I'm awesome at not having diarrhea. You're awesome at not having the world champ. Okay, okay, though, really, though, I always figured people were kind of, like, joking when they were, like, diarrhea is a weird, bad thing. I thought it was just, like, yeah, it's just a thing that, like, happens all the time to everyone. <laughs> oh. And, right? Right, Off though? Off to a great start here. <laughs> this is, I think this is how I want us to be remembered. <laughs> I think this is how people would remember us, regardless. To my immediate virtual left, he's Guy Fieri's best friend. It's John Thayer. He likes to just call me JT. Calls you JT or J-Thigh? J-Thigh. I think I like J-Thigh. That name's money, yo. That's money. That's a Guy Fieri saying. He says things are money. I've never seen anything he's in. I think he looks very excited every time I see him, so I kind of have a positive impression of him. Yeah, he's kind of like if John was spiky a cooking show guy and a cooking show guy and he like he's meat. a cooking show guy he's a cooking show guy i thought it was like That's a rapper or something no guy fieri <laughs> is uh, a cook and a restaurateur i thought he was is he is he nice Mouth. is he nicer than the other guy uh he's not mean he's That's like it. he's just super jazzed about food he's just like yeah oh my god food. Awesome. I, I tweeted oh. about going to like the best restaurant in my life, and we walked in the door of this place, like under this underground, literally rest, it was in a basement restaurant that our like hotel concierge had told us, "You need to come here." And then the owner of the restaurant comes up and sits us down and is like, "Hello, everybody. I'm just, you're all are gonna have such a great time." He was just really excited <laughs> and reminded, told us, "By the way, this is the lovers' table. This <laughs> is by the fire." This is the lover's table. Rich, okay, Rich, you're so, going to have to take me. Okay, so like Gordon Ramsay is the angry video game nerd. Yeah. And Guy Fieri is like the happy game nerd. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think that's pretty good. I, I but, have to relate things to video games because I'm kind of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Who the fuck does that? Who does? Someone? Who does? That? Who would do that? <clears throat> so continuing from yesterday, this is it. This is, the, this is the end of the list. This is the be-all, end-all. This is the final say, the final opinion that matters. Every, everybody else, and just fuck off. We're the only the, right ones here. The only podcast that matters. We're the only podcast about video games, so it kind of makes sense that we would be uh, mm-hmm. the only ones. The and only this is the top five now, so this just means that all the previous games we mentioned, they're all way worse and just trash or junk. in comparison. Like, uh, they, they, they would have, like, an 86 on Metacritic. That's how bad they are. Oh, God, that sounds <laughs> awful. Fucking terrible. So, um, 
like we did last time, we still got a lot of these listener lists to get through. So, hey, Rhett, why don't you uh, hook me up with uh, one of those there guest lists and let's get this thing started. Okay, this comes from in, from Sayara, who does all the artwork for the podcast. I know, I know that guy. I heard he's a bitch. <laughs> God damn it. Number four, the Neptunias. All three, as I'm playing all three this year. They're charming games that scream a lot of character and a lot of boobs <laughs> at the cost of resources, which is the biggest serious flaw. Though they have improved a lot from one to three so far, Red is the best wifey. Number three, PSO2 story mode. So the game itself <laughs> is bad. <laughs> I love how everybody starts with that. <laughs> has a lot of flaws, but the anime as hell story is so great in this current episode. A lot of loose ends become tied up and you, be- and you become so much more relevant as a main character in the story versus being a second banana to an NPC main character like PSU story. What if your also- character was actually a banana? That'd be pretty Anna good. Would hate it. Anna hates bananas. Really? Oh, they they make her like vomit if she smells them. Wow, I'm, I'm gonna make a wheat banana. <laughs> oh my god, that would be destroying both. She also just like um, she's actually allergic to mint though. So, but wheat banana is the name of my new indie band, by the way. <laughs> there was a mint cupcake the the other day. That was our kryptonite. Anyway, okay, moving on. Also, Sega is good at making music, which there's a lot of good shit in this season. Number two, Demo, D-E-E-M-O, a music rhythm game dedicated to imitating the piano, but not simulating. Not only is the collection of music charming charming and pleasant, there is also a story being told that breaks my heart every time I hear the credit song now. Also, the artwork is so charming. It started off slow, but as the game progressed, the story got just got better and better. And number one, They Know the Devil. Mm. The artwork. <clears throat> the artwork. You mean rough. they know the devil, or we know the devil? Well, I guess they are. Wrote we know. Just maybe he's. Pl- I think he's playing it from a, a cheeky little standpoint there. Okay. They I wrote. Sire wrote. They know the devil. I don't know which one. Probably the same it's game. Probably we know the devil. The artwork, roof loose appearance, along with the dark ambient soundtrack, makes for a really imaginative visual novel that bends reality with one that is different than our own. And obligatory Undertale and Polyclicker for Peeth Place. Mm-hmm. There Does you go. Even know what We Know the Devil is, though? Come on. Whatever. Yeah. So that's right. Sayara's list. Alright, so that's my, my ne- list is next. The one no, that is not no, actually mine. No, it's not. My <laughs> list is next, John, you big silly Billy. Oh Don't my you God. be a big silly. I'm uh, just so excited, y'all. I'm just so excited. <laughs> all right. I am reading the next list, and it is from our good pal Taylor, who is a co-host of the Album Listening Club. If you haven't listened to that podcast, be sure to check it out. Uh, it's really good. Uh, I'm not biased or anything, by the way. Um, and Taylor's honorable mention goes to Fallout 4, which is fun, but I haven't finished it yet. Number five is Dragon Ball Xenoverse because I got to play a purple. I got to play a purple bubblegum girl shooting special beam cannons at Broly's ass. My cool. <laughs> Number four, Until Dawn for being a campy romp through classic slasher movie cliches. Number three, Undertale because it's a unique take on on the subversive media thing that manages to have a good narrative and still be fun to play, unlike painful suck fest like Spec Ops The Line. Ouch. Oh, kind of right. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Splatoon. 
because it's fucking cute and brings out my inner competitive side with cool and inventive shooter mechanics and squidling girls are adorable. <laughs> They're gay too. Squidling girls, all squidling girls are gay, by the way. Such goddamn lovely art design in that game. I love it. So, so good. good. And Taylor's game of the year. Another vote for Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain for being the most fun I've had all year, even if there's a bad taste in my mouth about the story not really being finished to completion. And uh, one final note here <laughs> is a dishonorable mention to Bloodborne. Because I'm not playing that again unless FromSoft wants to pay for the blood pressure medication I'll inevitably require. Also, Taylor loves true. playing. Taylor loves playing Souls games, even though she hates. Playing yeah, those yeah, games. absolutely. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Yep. And now, John, since you're so eager to jump the gun, you can. I'm now... so eager. Okay, just, it's just kind of my jam, you know. Give us, give us, it. give us your next guest list. All right, I'm just gonna blow this out there. All right. They are not numbered, Voodoo Grove, <laughs> side-eye. I was, well, that was more of like a looking... Okay, it's hard to explain. It doesn't play very well on an audio-only podcast, John. <clears throat> Number A, Disgaea 5. That, wow, those... Mm. What's that? All right, Disgaea 5 doesn't completely reinvent the wheel, but it offers enough changes to the tired Disgaea formula to actually feel like a progression of the series I fell in love with so many years ago. All the classes feel much more unique now that they got a few class-only special skills and half a dozen passive abilities, and it's much easier to customize your characters with subclassing to mix and match said passives. A nice balance is struck between upgrading skills through usage and in-game currency, a change that also holds true for previously tedious mechanics like classes ranking up, which is automatic now, no reincarnation needed, and transferring innocence, that is to say, moving minor stat bonuses from item to item. The story is still mostly... um, open parentheses, entirely, close parentheses, forgettable, but the new sense of freedom with tools available to the player, tools that aren't hidden behind dozens of hours of grinding, revitalize the series enough to get me excited again. Are any of those games cool, Polly? I like the first one, but I never really got into, into them past the first one. I should probably play Final Fantasy Tactics. I have Disgaea 3. I got that with my PS3, but I've never played it. <laughs> if there's one I could play on the Vita, that would be great. All right. Number two, number B, <clears throat> Paper Mario. I heap loads of, this game looks so nice. I, I heap loads Mario. of praise on the sequel, but you know, it's been over a decade since I played the original. My sister's friend stole my copy when I was 13. It's not like I'm still salty or anything. <laughs> Fuck, honestly. No, you don't steal somebody's Paper Mario. I have somebody's copy of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. <gasps> John. I left his house with bitch. it, and I nev- we never hung out again. You're a bitch. Yep. I never even played it. Played it again. After you're that. not as much of a bitch as Sayara, but you're still a bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, I found a copy, popped back in the trusty '64, and let me tell you, this shit is tight. It's pa- dope. Paper Mario <laughs> is tight. The b- battles are consistently fun. The pacing is great, and since individual segments are shortish, you run into new enemy types and characters regularly. There's a sort of earnestness in the first Paper Mario simplicity, though the characters aren't quite as interesting and the locales aren't quite as varied as in some of the later games. It has such a solid foundation, and it doesn't really need to do anything other than be a good RPG set in the Mario world. You remember when the, during the Undertale when the during the Undertale Game Packs poll, <laughs> and it was it looked like it might there was a chance it was going to go up against Mario RPG or something was going up against Mario RPG. Yeah, people were shitting on Mario RPG on my timeline. 
I but, don't uh, know why they do that because that game's pretty ball. Oh my god! I think you're both crazy. And that oh, mediocre as fuck. Rhett, can really? You... I didn't realize this was controversial. Hey, Rhett, you know what? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. My car has a tailpipe. You know what? Go suck that. And then, tell, and then tell me how good. Uh... I never finished Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. I beat Superstar, so I got Mario RPG. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to go back to it and find out. I'm Maybe I'll play this game I have game first. In games. Unlike every all of us on the Soxcast. I'm just saying, <laughs> you you put them next to each other: Final Fantasy three slash six, Chrono Trigger, Mario RPG. Doesn't fucking hang. <laughs> Equally awesome. <laughs> I should play Mario RPG. You know what? It's probably fucking better than is is another Super Nintendo RPG that people really like. Uh, <clears throat> Number C, Etrian Odyssey Untold 2. I am a big fan of the Etrian series. It seems like every time one comes out, it engulfs my life for a solid month, never leaving my 3DS until I've had, or DS, until I've had my fill of deathly labyrinth crawls for the year. This year's offering was an enhanced remake of the second game, and damn, if it wasn't good enough to last a whole three months soldered into my handheld. The original Etrian Odyssey 2 had a plethora of balance issues and some bugs, which the remake smooths out on top of giving each class new tools, courtesy of a level-settling system influenced by more recent releases. Though not entirely a new experience, this is definitely a case of an old favorite being revitalized by improved mechanics while retaining its satisfying original difficulty and aesthetic. It also adds a story mode. The story mode is incredibly stupid. <laughs> this is what I've gathered from the Untold games, is that they like, add this story shit on top of what were really minimalist games. Yeah. So, I, I honestly, I want to get into the series. I think I'm just going to throw in the first game, um, just all the way back on the DS, because I want that super pared-down version, you know? I hear you. Um, and number D, Undertale. This game is pretty good. I like the skeletons and that one fish. <laughs> did you time it? Did you make it specifically so that there no. none of the lists in the first half didn't mention Undertale? I, I don't know. No, there was a list that mentioned Undertale in the first one. No, really? there wasn't. There shouldn't have been. <laughs> I don't think either. I don't think there was. Um, that's funny because it didn't get mentioned at all in the first day. Mm. All right. Well, hey, Poncho will love that, that episode then. That is Voodoo Ghost. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh my God. All right. Okay. So, what's next? So, I guess it's me. You read. It's time to crack. It's time to crack the the bottle open oh. here. We're going. We're going in. Number five, game of the year. Let's go. Oh my so god. This is when Oops. shit got real for my list. Oh. These next three were like incredibly difficult. I hear you. On. I hear you. And I felt, I still feel bad that this ended up at number five, but there was just literally no room left. So, number five, Shovel Knight, Plague of Shadows. Damn. Whoa. What a year. So good. It's game. so good. I think I like this expansion more than the original game. I do. <laughs> and I started out not liking it very much. Yeah, you were, like, you were like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I did not like how Plague Knight felt at first. He is very slippery. Uh, getting used to keeping yourself in the air and like all the potion yeah. stuff feels really weird at first. But then you get it and Once it all you... clicks. Yeah. And you start getting new components to play around with. And it's just like, oh, this is so good. It's like, I can just, like, stay in the air for 15 seconds now if I want. <laughs> but even, like, his default set, once you get used to it, you can just, like, beat the whole thing just with that if you want. Yeah, you don't ever have to go beyond using his normal uh, potion bombs. Uh, yeah. You could just 
speed run the entire game with just those and be totally fine. But the creativity that the system allows you to have is mm-hmm. still really awesome. It's a lot of fun. <clears throat> and yeah, just like revisiting that world with this character, like kind of I, I make games and stuff like as a design thing. I was amazed at how much they like overhauled things to make it feel like the world was appropriate for him. Yeah, it's it's like there are parts where it's like, yeah, this is taken directly from the first game, but then they designed so much other stuff around him and his abilities that it's just and just, and just like how the story works where you go into that first town and they kick you out. That's so then, good. And then you walk left. That's and so good. And there's a new screen and you're like, "Oh, this is not just some retread." They're doing a whole new thing here. And, like, how you end up meeting the Trupal King is totally different. Like, your magic system is totally different. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so ingrained that it feels like a fresh experience. Yeah, like, you completely is a fresh experience. Yeah, it's a a totally different game. Like, I liken it kind of to uh, playing Hardcore Uprising as Sayori because she is a melee character. And, like, it's a totally different game. Uh, you know, like the, even though the stages don't like, they're not like Shovel Knight, Plague of Shadows, and where they change around her. Having to think about how to play that game by using a sword character mm-hmm. is just way different, and it's such a cool new experience. And that's really what I got out of Plague of Shadows. Yeah, I've never really <laughs> seen an expansion like this that just totally takes a game and twists it on its head like that with a different playable character, and who just doesn't feel like any character you've ever played before. Mm-hmm. Because his bomb jumping stuff, like Shovel Knight, is kind of like you know Ducktales and stuff with the yeah. bow. Yeah. But never played anything like Plague Knight. And then, of course, the story is oh my unbelievably God. good. Like, it's it's just holy like holy shit. It's like I thought the first Shovel Knight story was really good. I think that they really packed it in, yeah. like the emotion where it needed to be. But this one just goes way. Like, it really goes into that character in a way that you didn't think they would. It's. It's amazing. It's, it's very sweet and it's very endearing, and you just want to hug everybody by the end of it. It's really sweet and good. There's lots of games that make you want to hug people this year. This yeah. game, this game was especially, you know, like right up there with another one. I love life. I love video games, y'all. Yeah, Shovel Knight, <laughs> Plague of Shadows. I'm still feeling salty that I had to put it at five. <laughs> mm. All right, um, my number five goes appropriately to Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Because they're both five. I get it. Ah, you go. See what you did? Actually, it's Metal Gear Solid V. Uh-huh. V <laughs> has come to. Technically, it's Mega Man Ten Two for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> Actually, it's Final Fantasy X. Okay, so Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, good God, this game is just fun on a bun. You know, like it's got. Uh, like I, th- I wish the story was more present, and I wish that it was more satisfying to sit through a lot of the storyline that unfolds because a lot of it unfolds via cassette recordings, which is just kind of a really dumb conceit. Because, uh, like, who records themselves talking to someone and then gives them a tape and says, "Listen to this later." Um, that's just really silly. And then there's like two or three hours straight you have to do of that in order to progress to the game's like actual finale. Um, but the game really goes for it when it really fucking goes for it on those story bits. And there's like a specific chapter later in the game that's just like 
completely crazy and atmospheric in a way that they've never done in Metal Gear before, and it's really haunting and really terrifying, and it really unnerved me a lot because it had a lot of storyline implications as well, and it uh, tied back to a lot of the work that you had done on your base. Um, uh, That's really cool, but good God, just... Like, the mission designs, they're not always the best thing in the world, but they are so fun to go in. It's just like, how do I want to tackle this? With all of these cool gadgets that I've built, how do I want to go in and just finish this up real nice and proper? It's just like, you know, yeah, I could go in and destroy that line of tanks, but what if I run in and I just Fulton them out of the area instead? I send them on a, I send them on a little balloon ride back to my mother base because they're mine now, so fuck you. I didn't have to destroy nothing. Um, but the game is just so satisfying to play in full stealth. Like, um, like you can easily play that game by running and gunning through it all if you want. It affords you every opportunity and affords you a lot of uh, items and weapons to craft that you can. But good lord, it's just it's way more fun to like set up traps for an enemy or just like hey, throw out a decoy balloon and they'll go search for it and you sneak up behind him and you can either shank him or just like choke him out and fulton him out. Seriously, just Fultoning shit is the best thing ever. You just attach a balloon to something and poof. <laughs> it looks so silly. It is the silliest thing. And then they're like screaming on the way out, <laughs> which is funny because that can also alert guards. So they actually, you know, they, they tied that into um, the actual stealth mechanics. So it's just like, if I'm going to Fulton things out of here, I need to make sure nobody's going to see or hear it when I do it. Um, but it's just like, you know, I put like 130 hours into this game. Oh my God. Just, just doing missions and stuff. Like I think there's maybe 20 or 30 hours of story total and that's not even, or just story based missions. There's not 20 or 30 hours of story here at all. Um, and I really admire how, uh, the, the game's true ending parallels back to, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 in a really classy way that. Uh, I- I'm sure it's going to rub up a lot of people the wrong way just because it seems like a cop-out, but oh, like if, wow, if, cool. if you think about it in a sense of what like Metal Gear Solid 2 did, you know, and then you see what this game does with its ending, um, I-, I was really satisfied. And it, actually, I-, I had not been spoiled, so it was just like, oh, game, you, you-, you got me, you win. Uh, so yeah, Metal Gear Solid 5. Is that the true, true ending thing? Yeah, the true ending. Gotcha. Yeah, That's got... the one that Reed kept telling me. Oh, there's this twist. There's this twist. Do you want me to tell you? No, I won't tell you. Do you want me to? T- no, I won't tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good twist if you like the kind of shit that Kojima was doing with Metal Gear Solid Two. Hey, um, I like that. Shit. And I and I ate that shit up. It was just like ah, yeah. It's just like it's it's like you know, don't think too much about the logistics of how and why. Just think like, no, I get what you're saying here. Like, I know exactly what you're saying by doing this and it makes total sense to me um but yeah that game's just super great um it, it, it's probably the best um triple a game that i played this year and and again like they did an amazing job with the ps3 version you know i played it on a last generation console and that game just still fucking stellar as hell like hardly any frame drops and if there are it's not terrible and it still looks great, plays fantastically. Like I'm just a great game. I would I'll we I will be happy to play through that game again uh, at some point in the future. So that is my number five, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. John, fucking a. That's let's a go. Number five. number five. Let's go. 
I picked, um, well, I'm really surprised that there's another um, 2015 video game I liked more than this, but I picked We Know the Devil as my mm. number five mm. um, by, oh my God, it's um, AVB and as the writer and Mia Schwartz as the artist mm-hmm. and the music was by um, a lot of these, AVB I follow on Twitter and I love Zeal, I've written for Zeal. Um, twice I wrote about Saga 2 earlier this year and the music is by Alec Lambert mm. um, I fucking love this game it's just like a half hour long beautiful little story um, with this perfect perfect little aesthetic um, I think the coolest lesson about the game is put together in a handful of months by just three by these three people and it's a, just a legit great game as good as any of them on the list um and I found out early this year that Problematic was made in like a month and a half, which is one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by one person. It's it's really kind of helpful to see these examples of people just making great games with a, just not that many resources and not that much time. They took the backgrounds for this visual novel are just taken with disposable cameras in woods nearby where they live. That's really cool. Isn't it? Um, the The character art is all monochrome. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's just um, three people, um, three little teenagers, um, Neptune, Jupiter, and Venus, and it's you got me it, excited uh, there for a minute. I know. <laughs> and oh, um, yeah, well, they. It's sort of. It's really. It's kind of sort of inspired by Sailor Moon stuff like that, but. Um, also just kind of religious angst, um, being in like a Christian summer camp. It exists in this really interesting universe with these really like nuanced rules about how the universe works, like full metal alchemist basically level. Um, it's just that it all exists on the, um, side because everything is just so focused on these characters and the resolution to each of the three stories. Um, the hook is that out of the three people, you um, pick between different every at each junction. You pick two of the characters to pair off, and one of them who gets left behind, and whatever exchange is going on. So, no matter what happens, um, one of them gets, basically gets left behind, and the other two um, not pair off as in a couple, but are closer than that other one, and the other one is suffers for it. Um, so there's those three roots, and each of them has this really lovely ending where it focuses on the one person who is left out basically um and i thought it was really good at that but then i found the true ending the fourth ending um that ties it all together into this really dreary story it ties it all together in this really beautiful uplifting um lovely satanic ending Mm -hmm. that i just really really resonated with me um reminded me a little bit of sabbath um director's cut and I just think this is a really lovely, important game, and I'm really excited to see more stuff from that group of people. Awesome. It is currently $6.66 at DateNaito.com, and you can buy it as a gift now. Cool, cool. So that is number five from John. We know the mm-hmm. devil. Uh, do we have another guest list? I've I've got the I've got the itch for a guest list. I need somebody to read me a guest list. 
I'm going to read you a guest list. It's the longest one, of course, by All Jet right. Storm. All right. I'm going to get settled in here. Get, do it. Settle in it. for a bit. All one right. Of the okay. Co-hosts on the Soxcast Gaiden. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Get this guy and John in a room and whoo, oh, go for a while. <laughs> yeah. Talking about that Majora's mess. Just turn on a mic and let those two go. <laughs> okay, Jet Storm's list. You have to cut out the makey outy parts, though. Those are a little gross. <laughs> Number four, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor 2 Record Breaker. I think his wifey was in this. Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, <laughs> Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. <laughs> A remastered version of a DS strategy game, a DS strategy RPG from a few years back. Devil Survivor 2 is really good, well-paced strategy RPG with all those demons you know and love. It is also the most anime story you will ever watch. I don't know about that. There's a lot of anime games. Uh, The premise is that a bunch of alien stars named after the Big Dipper are landing on Japan each day, and an underground organization is attempting to suppress the demon threat that's occurring from the aftermath. While not as oppressive as other SMT games, its cast and story really sell the evangel- Evangelion-like feeling that the game goes for. Number three, Arno Surge Plus Ode to an Unborn Star. It's a very prog rock. That's, uh, yeah, album. I was about to say. <laughs> Arno Surge is like a gods is a godsend. This is an RPG that takes the story conce- concept and really runs home with it. For spoiler's sake, I won't say much other than it's both a sequel to Seal No Surge, a Japanese-only social game-slash-visual novel, and a prequel to the Artonelli Co. series. Mm. The game follows two groups of two characters, Delta and Casti. This is the jet-stormiest pick possible. I'm very happy about it. I have to start the sentence over. The game follows two groups of two characters, Delta and Casti, seek to counter a menace to humanity known as the Sharl, while another group, Ion and a robot built by her known as Earthus, seek to find a way for humans and the Sharl to coexist. I'm dying here. (laughs) (laughs) We are the best public speakers. I'm sorry. I'm not good. I'm so into this. The game keeps the usual Artonelico mechanics and themes of diving into vis- visual novel-like segments to learn new skills and magic existing <laughs> through the power of magic. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I don't know. What's up? This whole... Guys, this I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> you just really... Oh. Only 45 minutes in. <laughs> I might need a moment. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The Charl? (laughs) We have fun. We have fun. This next sentence is so weird <laughs> that I just can't. <laughs> just right, do you want to send one it, word send it time. to the chat? No, it's funnier this way. All right, cool. Wherever I was, and magic existing through the power of song. That's what fucked me up so much. <laughs> that was. <laughs> Expanding on the world of Artonelico. I can't Art- pronounce it. Artonelico. Artonelico. Oh my, is my voice just cracking? Uh, yeah. yeah. 
That's the third puberty you've gone through tonight, John. However, the best part of Arno Surge is the battle system. When you have a random encounter, the game throws every possible encounter in that room in one battle in waves. The goal is to destroy as many waves as you can within the turn limit, usually around seven. By comboing attacks, the song magic being charged will gain power and show what waves will be destroyed by the magic. Destroying a wave will remove it from the counter f- for the area, so it's possible to destroy every wave in one encounter. Absolutely satisfying. It's not a game I recommend to everyone, but for those with the PS3 or Vita who like the more budget RPGs, I'll recommend this wholeheartedly. Vita! I got one <clears throat> since the last podcast. I can play these now. Okay! Why are we whispering? Why not? Continue. God, Reed, come on. <laughs> Number two, Xenoblade Xenoblade Chronicles X. I'm going to be honest, I've not beaten this game yet. I'm now 36 hours into it at the time of this writing, but I'm trusting my gut now with this. This is the best large-budget game I've played this year. The premise of this RPG is exploration. Everything can be explored. Everything can be reached as long as you have the right tools, and you can fight everything. What's best is that the game's mechanics all work work to service exploration. Setting down probes, ch- changing those probes to mine for specific materials, and surveying the planet all serve towards completion, as you need to explore the planet to continue the story. While the actual story is pretty minimal, it has some of the, it has some great turns. Even after 30 hours, the game is still introducing new mechanics, like giant robots that turn into vehicles. It's captured my attention so far, and it's not letting go anytime soon. Sounds like Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> No, it's literally the exact opposite of (laughs) Hallway Simulator. So I think Xenoblade Chronicles and the Xenoblade games are the only um, game besides Unlimited Saga that I'm not convinced anyone in the world has actually finished. Yeah, (laughs) I haven't finished this I've seen I've seen Twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick actually finish <sighs> Xenoblade Chronicles. So <sighs> is, is it literally 100 hours long? Yeah, it's pretty long. Because I'm like 30 in. You're, you've still got a while to go. I know. This person says, how long to beat.com, like the yeah. lead site, has currently pulled, pulled seven people who have cleared the main story. <laughs> of Xenoblade, the first one? No, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Ah, Okay. They're okay. pulling it at 68 hours from those people. <laughs> oh, that's shorter than Metal Gear Solid V. <laughs> okay, number one, Undertale. Huh. I really don't... And there's Porky. a reason I chose this list, because I have a bone to pick with what he says about Undertale. Uh-oh. Oh. Does he not like it, love it, in the right way? Let's find out. Perhaps he doesn't. Okay. I really don't need to say much about this one, but then he does anyways. As everyone else is talking about it too, Undertale started as, okay, I'll try this because nobody will shut up about it, and turned into, oh my gosh, play Undertale, please, in all caps. My personal my personal first playthrough had me questioning my decisions, especially with killing a certain character at the beginning. I distrusted the game, and at the end, someone told me, at least I was honest with myself, I realized the game was special when the theme Undertale began to play near the end, and you mm. walk through the gray city leading up to the final confrontation of the game. I'll say this, I've never out loud said to a game, I'm going to murder you, you fucker, to a game before <laughs> Undertale. You all know what I'm talking about. 
I had a, I had a very similar reaction. Nevertheless, that boss was a fantastic part of the game. I like Undertale a lot. It gets this spot because it has great mechanics for a JRPG. Even attacking is cool, as equipment all have different attack bars. Mixing bullet hell with turn-based mechanics. And I can't speak on how much I love the boss battles and the characters. The setting, the story. Undertale is really cool. Go play it if you haven't. Um, I have a bone to pick with this. What's your bone to pick? Sounds like somebody didn't get the true ending. It really oh, doesn't. Yeah. Wow. Did he really only play to the one ending? That's really what I took away from this. Jetstorm. 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 Tom, 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 Tom. I really got think, some homework to do. I really think that the Undertale structure is basically um, like an Igavania. I think that the <laughs> mid ending is just like. It's not, it's not the end, folks. Yeah. Like, like I don't want to be like telling anybody what to do and how to play, but I really think that the story completes itself with the true ending, yeah, and then yeah. you have a terrifying optional epilogue. Um, yeah, when I got the true ending, it was like I literally felt bad that people are going to miss it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. some people are going to just play it once and be done, and that's mm-hmm. what I think Jester may have done here. Because mm-hmm. generally, well, people don't put "I'm going to murder you, you fucker." As their reaction to Undertale. Yeah. As the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Tom, I get it. Tom. It's, like, it's different because the castle, because the Igavania games have really shit um, bad endings. Yeah. And this one has like a really mind blowing conclusion, but it's still not satisfying, like narrative. Like, I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. It yeah. definitely wasn't for me. No. It's, it's a, you pull back and then reassess how to approach this and, re-enter the time loop from the beginning. <laughs> yep. So that's Jetstorm's list. Mm-hmm. All right. I, it's okay, Sorry, Jet, it's okay Jetstorm. We forgive you. I fucking lost it during that one bit. That's fine. This makes good podcast material, Rhett. Perhaps you I have... I can play so many RPGs on my Vita. All right, Rhett. Well, I tell you what. You can wash the taste of having to read all that out of your mouth by giving us <laughs> your number four. Oh, my God. We're getting into intense territory here. Yep. I've spoken about this game at great lengths on the podcast because it keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is Rocket League. Yeah. Because I... that game's really good. That's I... all I can really say. I seriously need to get to playing that. Like, I've got it on PC. I don't know why I haven't just jumped in yet. I'm, I've just been real bad about that. And they keep... I have a wired internet connection, so now I can um, <laughs> play those games and have it be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually play wirelessly, and it's usually fine, unless it's like 8 p.m. But yeah, that game, it just has the best game feel, like, in ages. Like, it just feels so good just driving into that fucking ball. <laughs> and when you hit a goal, and it just explodes. And it's, like, it's so smartly designed from that. Like, like yeah. it's aesthetically pleasing, but just, like, yeah. the way driving and hitting things feels. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because, like, there's two camera modes. One of them always looks at the ball, which is the one you use 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And the other one is just, like, an unlocked view. And, like, the driving isn't actually that good when you're in the other one. Because you turn kind of really sharply, but you don't notice when you're always looking at the ball. Yeah. So, like, they just nailed the feel for how it had to work to be playable. Because, like, normally driving would be really hard to hit a ball if you controlled like an actual car yeah but 
yeah, it just feels incredible. You can like jump and do flips and shit, and you have rocket boosters, and you can fly around a bit. And that game also makes me so goddamn mad when I lose, or like I miss a shot that I should have gotten. Then you it's rage. Like, I don't well, call the rest of your team fagos and then log I'm off. Not, I'm not that guy, but I've seen that guy a couple times. Mm. But there's just nights where it's just like, I'm not going to stop until I win one game. And then I play for like an hour and it's like, fuck it! (laughs) (laughs) The controller flies across the room. He's done. Yeah, so that game can be the best and the worst. Yeah. It definitely makes you feel something, though. It's a game that makes you feel, man. Gives you all them feel. Because I I just don't get into competitive games usually, and like once a year I'll but have. When you walk. do, when you do, boy, do you throw yeah. yourself into them like dive kick? Yeah. I remember you playing a lot of dive kick. You know, what I, you, you know what you can do with dive kick? Hmm. Play it on the Vita. Yeah, yeah, that you can. <laughs> just let me all know. You can also play as a dude from uh, Nidhog. Nidhog. Jinx. <laughs> I actually played a little, but. Uh, yeah, dive kick the other day. Mm-hmm. There were actually people online on PC. Wow. And we I... were all picking the Nidhogg guy. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, Rocket League is really cool. Awesome, awesome. That's a fun I, game. I really, like in the new year, I really need to uh, install and play that because uh, Skibo got that for me a while yeah. back and I've not had the chance to sit down and really get a feel for it and that's something I really, really want to get in on. And they keep doing these dumb updates, like they added ice hockey, I think. Yeah, I'm not and sure like, if that's in yet, but and like the puck has like weird different properties to it. Yeah. So yeah, they could do a lot with that game just by changing the physics of the ball and stuff. Well, there's a whole mutator mode now where you can do like a public group, mm-hmm. and it just like picks mutators at random. Oh lord! And it's fucking crazy because you'll get like ball twice as fast, and like oh, everyone has infinite boost. Oh god! Or I got one where like the ball was moving twice as slow. It was like a square ball that was heavy. Oh god! So like no one fucking scored for like ten minutes. That's that game's just. I've watched a lot of people play that game, and it's just so magical. Yeah, just magical insanity. And it's interesting because it's kind of like less is more because the original game, Super Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars. had different maps mm-hmm. and they realized for this one just do the one map because people want to get good at that one arena yeah like yeah. they don't want to bother with like there being multiple goals on multiple levels or some shit yeah it's like you start getting a little too convoluted than the idea really needs to be yeah so this one really kind of kept it simple and then only added the mutators when it got really popular smart move cool so that number four my number four is Axiom Verge. This is, Ooh. as as someone said earlier, like, when I was playing this, I couldn't help but feel like, yes, this is, this is as good as Super Metroid, and it does its own thing really well. Um, the, uh, good lord, like, what else can I say about it? You know, it's got a great story. Uh, it's got great visuals and just another one of the best soundtracks of the year. Um but just exploring the world the way that you would, you know, a Metroid game and um, the ways that they let you do that are entirely different. Like, you know, you think at some point, like, 
oh, I'm going to get a morph ball thing at some point. But like the way they approach that is entirely different because it's like you get a little drone that you can shoot through uh, little vents and little spaces that you can't crawl into. And at a later point, you can actually shoot the little drone out and warp yourself to the location of the dro- of the, of the little uh, drone. Uh, and that just provides so much more opportunity for playing around with your positioning and how fast, you know, and how quickly you can move through areas and stuff. And it just gets so inventive. Like the game is a huge focus on all of its mobility and it always fakes you out, but with the objects, you know, and, 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 and the, uh, the obstacles in a stage, because it's always like, you know, it's like you, you immediately think, okay, I need, Thing that is analogous to a Super Metroid power-up to get through here. And then when you come across what they want you to do, or, or the item that they want to give you to do that, it works in such a way that is very subversive and very different than how you would actually do it. So, yeah, it does march to the beat of Super Metroid's drum, but it does it in its very own special and unique way. Uh, and the fact that this was like a game developed by one dude is really freaking crazy. Because there's so much content. There's just like, I think there's like 27 weapons or something. Really? Jesus. Yeah, that game has a lot of weapons. Like I, like, I, I played this game to 100% map completion and item completion. And by the time I decked everything out, it was just like, what don't I have? Like, I, I, I swear, this guy had an idea for a weapon and it just went in. Like, you know, it's... It, you know, some are obviously better than others, but there's a lot of fun stuff to play around with. And then there's the whole glitching the environment mechanic, which is used really well in certain boss fights or used to get your way through certain areas or find a lot of hidden power-ups. And it's just really, really, really... It is a really, 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 really exemplary one of those games that I think is probably the best stab at that genre we've seen in years just because of how fresh it is and how well put together it is top to bottom. Um, and it just, it's just amazing handles itself so fucking well. So that's how so we move from, um, be- as good as super Metroid mm-hmm. at number four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Two. <laughs> Oh, am I next? Oh yeah, you're next. I thought you. Oh, were, I thought okay. you were. I thought you were seguying to your. No, list. I, I didn't. I, I didn't mean to cut you but off. But it's like, oh yeah, like, like on my list. Like, how do you go for like like what could possibly oh. be as good as Super Metroid? That was my like, thing. As good yeah. as Super Metroid at number four of Polly's list. <laughs> yeah, Super Metroid is is number four on my list. <laughs> All right, John, what is your number four? <clears throat> oh man, let me remind myself. Oh, don't worry, I already know. All right, so. I was really sad this fall, and then one time, at like 2 in the morning, Anna said, Hey, John. No, it was during the afternoon. Hey, John, let's go get a Wii U. And I was like, that sounds phenomenal. Thank you, you wonderful soul. I think I was like, I guess I'll play more Saga Frontier, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I deserve right now, I guess. And then she was like, John. Let's go get a Wii U. Because I was going to ask for um, a Wii U for like Christmas or my birthday or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let's just go fucking get it right now. 
<laughs> totally did. We drove to like three Walmarts and found a Wii U with the Mario 3D World bundled in, and then we bought Mario Maker along with it. Mm-hmm. And those are the two games that are my number four, Super Mario Maker and Super Mario 3D World. Damn, so good. Oh, man. Jesus. But which of them do you love more? Probably Mario Maker. Uh, probably, uh, probably Mario Maker. Okay. So we've spent like a week straight on just Mario Maker. We didn't touch anything else. Um, Anna, so I sat down Anna like a week before there to play Super Mario World, and um, I was like, I know I'll get Anna into Mario with the with the best Mario game, like everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she did, hated it. <laughs> and then, but Super Mario Maker got Anna into Mario. Like, I don't think she went and played the two um, D games, but she. Totally got into playing um, the user-made levels mm-hmm. and making her own. She made one that spelled out "I love John" and Aww. had a bunch of um, in blocks, and then had a bunch of hidden power-ups in the blocks, <laughs> and then some lucky twos over on top, and then a few piranha plants. You two are so was, you two are so gay. It was so cute. Oh my god! And um, then she made ones with poke with Pokemon pixel art made out of blocks. Aww, to jump over. Um. And it was really nice. She her her things were really really nice. And then I made like an air fortress an air fortress level that scrolled like doubly fast faster than it is in Mario three. Oh God! It throws me back to that one horrible airship level in World Eight of Super mean Mario the, Three. You mean the best airship oh level in World God. Eight of Mario Three. Look, if I can get to that stage with the tail, I can beat it one go. But if I don't have fucking power up, I'm done. It's like that's it. Oh, oh, that's oh, game that is, over. That is the best level. Oh my God! That like that was like me going. Okay, yes, Mario Three is the just the best thing in the world. Um, so. She, we, we just had so much fun with it. And I made a bunch of cool levels. I made a house level that got like 50, 50 likes um, that you couldn't die. It was just a little maze. <laughs> Aww. And it was really cute. It's, it was called Cozy Cottage. Um, and I made a level with a heart that you had to get inside in order to get a fire flower so you could get to the conclusion. Um, and, I made, and I made one for... Um, uh, my friend Omar online who complained about I want to be the guy's style level design or something being like bothersome <laughs> and irritating, bothersome and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him then I'm going to get Mario Maker and I'm going to make you a level called bothersome and obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first game level I made was like this really constrained claustrophobic level. And the Mario 1 style with a bunch of piranha plants that I actually think is pretty good. Um, and there's three blocks where that look like they're going to give you mushrooms, but a Goomba pops out instead. <laughs> and then at the very end of the level, um, you get a mushroom right before the flag. <laughs> it's kind of shit I did when I first started playing with the... That was uh... the first level I made, and I love it. Um, Mario Maker is great, and I love... All of the terrible levels. I love that this is a feature where people can just sh- – this raw id of creative energy that is just constantly billowing out these people's ideas. And there's no fun guy who thinks that people shouldn't be allowed to create levels. Yeah. There was that one guy um, who wrote like this awful, awful oh, article. Yeah. Ugh. Why should people be allowed to express their creativity any way they want? That is terrible. Well, they know that it's going to be bad. <laughs> God. So, 
Mario Maker is a blast, and it's only gotten better. I can't wait to get into it deep again, mm-hmm. um, since especially now that I've replayed Mario World and Mario Three. Um, to very, as, yeah. You can you can play as a Mercedes Benz now. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it, it makes vroom sounds when you jump. That's vroom. fantastic. And you can honk the horn. Like so Mar- it, Mario it, gets it, out, stands it, by the car, and honks so the can horn. Play as the main character of Outrun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Maker is a really important game, and I'm really glad it's being supported, and yes. I'm really glad to see all the love that it's received this like year. That, that and Splatoon have had such love from Nintendo. Like They've done a really great job of keeping those games just evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just think announced I... two more maps for Splatoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's really cool. I'm really happy about video- the state of video games right now. <laughs> because of them. And <laughs> yes. Indeed. Yes. But extensively hey you know what's uh, cool what's cool mario, mario maker is checkpoints now yep yeah yeah that's really badass um then we played mario 3d world and we spent we spent a week straight just every day playing tons and tons of mario maker levels and making a few too um and then we spent a week straight just playing we completed every single level um just completely fully you know mm-hmm. um in mario 3d world co-op with me and anna that's um, awesome and, it was a blast all the way up through World Bowser. <laughs> Mario 3D Blast. What a fucking great game, huh? Mario 3D World. I like 3D Land, so. I love, I, 3D Land was on the first game of the year list I ever wrote for SMPS. Mm, so it's a good idea, because that game is really, really fucking good. Yep, and Mario 3D World is probably even better. In it's the more of that, only on a bigger scale. Mm. It's so just solid they feel all the levels feel it's just a very natural thing it feels right yeah um i watched some crash bandicoot on youtube since you told me that those games are neat yeah um i was like huh this is people kind of understanding how to make a platform where that um where the camera doesn't screw you over constantly yeah yeah i really (laughs) like like the the first couple of crash games are really good uh and um it feels like Mario 3, these new games are just kind of getting that natural how to convey the joy of, like, the 2D Mario games in that format. Yeah. Specifically, like, Mario 3. Right. Um, it's just really solid. The ending is great. The bonus levels are way too hard to play with Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably go back to them at some point and just play, blast through them on my own. Um, since there's four bonus worlds! My god. It's nuts! There's so many lower levels in that game. It's so deep. Um, That's crazy. And all it's so good. It's just great level design. Um, they'll introduce an idea and just develop it fully, and then they'll re then they'll put that le- idea back into later levels when you think that they've just discarded it completely. Neat. I really like it. I think my only complaint with Reet was um, uh, how the worlds don't really have any sense of identity. Yeah, it was that was sort of the same thing in uh, 3D, 3D Land, Land. as well. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, here's a map, but it doesn't really have a thematic tone throughout any of the stages. Mm-hmm. So the fact, the only thing that tears it down is that it, um, at times, just feels like a bunch of levels just yeah. duct taped together. Yeah. And Mario 3 is resolutely not that, so that's why that came still is a little close to my heart. Um Mario is amazing. Mario is important. Mario is lovely. Um, and Mario Maker and Mario 3D World capture a whole lot of what makes them good because you get the, you get the polished, perfect 
Nintendo Vision and Nintendo approved um, processed Vision, mm-hmm. and then you get raw id <laughs> that is is capturing so much from every angle. Basically, I'm really happy about Mario right now. Yep, cool shit. Cool yep. Shit. All right. So I guess with that, we will move on to our next guest list. This is from listener Don1991. That is D-A-H-N. I I assume I'm saying that right. If I'm not, feel free to kick Rhett in the nuts. (laughs) Hello, dear SoxCast. I heard you were making top 10 list of gaming in uh, 2015, so I thought maybe you might be uh, interested in my little list. Since this is a big year for the PS4, I did the reasonable thing and ignored them all and played a lot of PS2 games instead. This is a very John thing of you to do. (laughs) Number four, Kuan. I am pretty sure nobody's ever heard of this little game for the PS for this little gem for the PS2. It is a survival horror game taking place in ancient Japan with all the atmosphere of a good Japanese horror movie. There are multiple playable characters and every single one of them is female. Overall, it is a short but sweet ride if you think horror, blood and disturbing images are sweet. That's a very John description. <laughs> Whoop. Number 3, Wild Arms 3. If there ever was a game that made This is the really feel... good one, right? Uh, it's alright. I like it. Alright, cool. If there was a game that made me feel like I was playing an anime, it is this charming cel-shaded PS2 game. From the fact that there is a skippable anime intro every time you start the game as well, is also a also skippable anime intro every time you stop it. Every time you stop it to the fact that the intro actually evolves and keeps adding to uh, current main villains to it. Just everything about this game makes you feel like you're playing... Um, multiple seasons of one big anime. It's kind of like the Trigon intro. Uh, the Trigon intro, like that, the intro to that actually gets more and more involved as the season goes on. Yeah, I really love on. that about it. And like, it was kind of a bummer because like the first set of uh, Pioneer uh, DVDs that that came out for, they actually didn't do that. That's the one I have. Yeah, I was totally uh, bummed about it. Yeah, I got the uh, the remake, and I was like, "Yep, this is better." Gotcha. I've noticed that these lists are all like this is the this most is the anime. most anime. Like we're we're having a like I guess we'll have to have a, another award at the end. It's like what mm, is the most anime? I, I think I we, know. we know we know most anime what the most anime is. Here's a number two that I can get behind: Contra Shattered Soldier. I just finished a let's play of this game, by the way. It was fantastic. Um, I will take a wild guess that you might have heard of this PS2 game before. The idea of giving the player constant access to all weapons just works wonderful and actually allows the game to build the bosses around different weapons instead of expecting the player to always have the spread gun. What more can be said than it is an epic, hard, punishing, rewarding, and beating the true, true final stage really feels like an accomplishment. I still can't believe that they, that they pull the true final stage trick twice in a row. Yep, they do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and number one, Undertale. Yeah, it is not a PS2 game, and there is no chance for my number one game to not be Undertale. I utterly love everything about it. And since you already said basically everything about it, I will just tell you my favorite joke from Undertale. So, spoilers. Asgore's sucky, Asgore's sucky ability to come up with names. At two points <laughs> in the game, they make fun of the fact that he named his home home and his second home new home. But then I did, 
But then I did look back at the entire game and notice that pretty much every name for a location is either somewhat lame or obvious. The Ruins, Snowden Town, Waterfall, Timmy Village, Hotland, and The Core. It is just, it is just hilarious to imagine him coming up with all those. Then somebody pointed out to me that the name of his son is literally just a combination <laughs> of the first two names of his parents, Asgore and Toriel, became Azriel. It just blew my mind how far this joke goes and how it still fits perfectly with everything else. That's absolutely one of my favorite parts of the game as well. Um, I hope that you have as much fun with your list. I also hope this wasn't too long. Happy holidays and happy new year to all of you. And the same to you, Dawn1991. Thank you very much for listening and uh, contributing. So with that, we're moving to the danger zone. Top three. Oh, Rhett, hey. it's time. The bloodletting, let it begin. That's an interesting phrase to use because my number three is Bloodborne. I was really hoping it was going to be Bloodborne <laughs> because if not, I would have looked real dumb. I think there is like a bloodletting beast as an enemy in that yep. game. Yep. <laughs> He's a motherfucker. Uh, so I kind of talked some shit about the DLC last week on this. Um, I played like that for another weekend. So this being number three doesn't include the DLC, mm-hmm. but it doesn't not include it either because I think the DLC is as good as the main game. So this was going to be number three anyways. Um, yeah, this is the best Souls game since Dark Souls, basically. <laughs> I don't think it's quite as good as Dark Souls, but it's still really goddamn good. Yeah. And like... I am a pretty huge fan of that series. It's like, I, I, I feel absolutely terrible because I have no PS4 oh. with which to play it. Mm-hmm. You, you can raid mine. Okay. I'm kind of I'm just waiting to find out how good Final Fantasy 15 is because if that's really good. Oh, and, oh together. Yeah. yeah. And then and well, Bloodborne is, exists and Persona 5 is coming out. I might make that jump. <laughs> Oh, you got a Vita, as you've reminded us 50 times on this podcast. I really like my Vita. I played Final Fantasy VIII on it. And it, and Jumping Flash. Jumping remember, Flash. Yeah. remember Vita from Nanoha? She was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, she was, yeah. She, she I was... kept saying that, and my professor parents are like, you mean, like, your resume? I'm like, no. <laughs> Old people. But yeah, Bloodborne is cool because it really leans into the horror aspects of that series mm-hmm. that had kind of been been present since like Tower of Latry and stuff, but like for the entire game and like there's some real horror and macabre shit and like there's squid monsters towards the end and it's really fucked up. And the speed at which the combat goes like does a great job kind of making that series feel fresh again because like, the slow, tanky Dark Souls 2 build doesn't work because it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And, like, there aren't bosses that you can win by circle-strafing around them constantly. Thank God. Which are, like, all of the bosses in Dark Souls 2. Yeah. It's like, you really gotta learn how to dodge and play without a shield in that school. And one of the other things I really like in Bloodborne is something people hate, which is the Chalice Dungeons, mm-hmm. which are these randomized... uh basically roguelike dark souls where it's like mm-hmm. it just makes random dungeons for you and you can just play them basically forever that and just I, seems really cool and i just really like that stuff and one of the things i discovered since the last podcast is that the dlc actually changed the default ones mm-hmm. so 
because one of the biggest mistakes they made with that is like the default chalice dungeons were all the same for each player. Uh, yeah. So once you went through it once, it was like, well, it's kind of boring to go through those again on a different character. Oh, so they, they were they were seated based yeah. on your character. Well, like they were seated for everyone the same. Oh, okay, okay. But then you could make random ones later after you beat the defaults. Oh, okay, I got you. But now all the defaults are different with the DLC. That's so really go- cool. So I'm going through it again on a new character, and it's still really fun. I <laughs> like those things a lot. So yeah, I've played this game like three times through now. Yeah, that's... It's kind of crazy. I have like three characters all with over 50 hours. Damn. I <laughs> that's played craziness. this game a lot, and I still can't beat the last boss of the DLC. <laughs> I just, I fucking gave up on that piece of shit. <laughs> that is a dream that will have to wait until it is either patched or I am level 999. <laughs> yeah. That, so yeah, Bloodborne is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, moving on, my number three is Shovel Knight, Plague of Shadows. Oh, I heard this was pretty good. Yeah, this is just really good. Yeah, we talked a lot about what made it great on the last episode, so I won't dwell too much on it. I'll just say that I really, really love the story. And I yeah. think John needs to play it because the story will melt his little itty-bitty heart again and again. Ugh, yeah. Can I just say, mm-hmm. I'm so bummed that Raquel's 3DS died while she was playing oh this. Oh my gosh! She needs to fucking play this. Yeah, she yeah. has no idea. She has no idea where that game goes and how it's just oh, just the way everything comes together. It's so she, perfect. She went no triple king and threw it on the ground and broke it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's I mean, and, you know, like I said, I can't really say much more than we already did about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's so fantastically designed from top to bottom to fit that character. The story and characters are just amazing uh so yeah shovel knight gets another excellent showing on uh, the old game of the year list again what's at your number three john what's at my number three all right so this is my favorite entry on the list Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that this would be my favorite entry to like read on someone's list at this point after hearing all those other lists does that make sense i kind of get you yeah all right. So my number three is the King of Fighters series. Mm. I've delved deep into these games. Um, well, not read with Bloodborne deep, apparently, but I've <laughs> delved pretty deep into these games um, twice this year for a couple weeks. Um, I just love the shit out of the King of Fighters series. Um, I played like 20 hours of 98 um, because that is just probably the most accessible one, and I've had friends I can play it with online mm-hmm. um, who get way too serious about it. It's really funny. Um. <laughs> there's nothing There's nothing like fighting somebody at, at a game that they're good at and then you being a total novice and just mashing buttons and beating them and then they mm-hmm. get all real mad. <laughs> it's like, it's like um, I played, played this guy um, for like 90 minutes, beat him like twice, um, and then he was like, God damn, I'm so bad at this game. God damn it. <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty endearing. And yeah. these games are, it's a, 
every there's a new King of Fighters game every every year for a decade, and the story developed and changed with each one, and the characters have like relationships that they spell out um, with like little details, like their intros change depending on which character is interacting with the other character. Yeah. Um, and that that's all there in '98. It's all um, it's really interesting and present throughout all of it. So it's a soap opera. It's this cool soap opera fighting game you can keep up with by playing them as they progress over the years. Yeah, it's it's got a really dumb, big, ongoing storyline. Which I love. Which Pat uh, wrote a lot about uh, on yes. the site. Um, 99 is probably going to be my favorite because it's um, the prettiest. It has probably the coolest arc to it where um, you go deep into this um, – underground base and you there's an actual like descent mm-hmm. uh, i think there's an elevator stage and then the final boss is just probably the coolest of all of them would you say it's the coolest mm, and oh. the and the nest oh. nest more nests arc, more like bests arc boom 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 top shelf uh, material we bring it out for the end as nest arc i i play 98 the most but nest arc has k and kula and whip and oh oh i love the characters in these games and then i played um a bunch of 13 a good bit of 13 and i really like elizabeth um i really like all these characters i really like terry (sighs) you're such a terry bogard (laughs) oh my god um austin played uh iori uh iori kyo and terry and wow, I, that's like the scrubbiest team he could have possibly played. <laughs> God, what a beginner scrubbo team! Christ <laughs> on a crutch. And I played as um, I, I kept after a certain point. I just played exclusively as um, Ralph, um, Clark, and Leona, just mm-hmm. the whole Ikari Warriors team because yeah. I like I like having the whole S- best group of friends aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and just running with Leona, where you can just. Where you, I duck and hold to the right, and then from that, just that stance, I can do like five moves that attack in a bunch of different ways, and it's really, and I can just run straight up or dash into the air and grab the person's head and then blow their head up. Um, and she has her move where if you, where she just runs up to somebody and just sticks her hand in their gut, and then go, it pauses for a second, and then she goes sayonara, and then they explode. <laughs> And it's perfect. You are already dead. It's like she just stabs a bomb or something, and then sayonara. This, <laughs> it's like, it's like somebody just made. This is like the densest kind of action game imaginable. Yeah, like there is. It doesn't like it makes Dark Souls. It makes the Dark Souls stuff look kind of shallow in comparison. When I think when I think about just how I can spend twenty hours one on one fighting with computers and a handful of other people and just get so much out of learning all these nuances. And it's really enjoyable just as that. Um, I don't really care about the tournament stuff. I think that sounds like a huge downer, <laughs> especially since it, if I just playing them as really cool single player, um, occasional friend play, um, mm-hmm. action games, um, then I don't, need to worry about like balance like apparently 99 isn't tournament balanced or whatever yeah. um <laughs> even though it's fucking gorgeous and has a really great story and i guess none of that matters i'm going to count the frames in this punch 
<laughs> so I got some a lot of secondhand exposure to the fighting games community this month, this year. And I'm just like, okay, just just watch Evo because Evo Evo's oh. fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I went into a bunch of other fighting games, but what I kept coming back to was just KOF is here again. Nothing's going to stop. It's 1998. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Number number three, the King of Fighters series. Cool. Cool. Looking forward to 14. I think it's time, though, for another guest list. Uh, John, maybe you Ooh, got one for us. I get to read this one. Oh, my God. It's my best bud. It's my best bud. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Who is it? Who is, is your best bud? Oh, oh, oh. Keeping us in suspense. Oh, oh, okay. <clears throat> it's num- the um, list is by Freezing Inferno. That guy? <laughs> <laughs> Another hey. co-host from Soxcast Gaiden. Yeah. The SNS. On? Jesus Christ, I yeah. don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Him and Zelos mm-hmm. and Jetstorm. All right, so his number four is Final Fantasy III, the Maison Mix. It is a ROM hack of the original Final Fantasy III, which on the NES, which is a fucking great game, by the way. Mm-hmm. They tweak some things here and there. I had a blast playing through the DS port in 2008, but this was my first time going through the original, and I loved it even more. Breezy with brevity, but fairly challenging and fun. Up until the final da- dungeon, which was made by people who hated fun, it required me to tediously grind out levels in order to survive cheap final boss attacks. Points off for that, but still a blast. Fair. Yeah. Um, why Why do you play a ROM hack if you had never played it before? Yeah, that's a good point. It sounds like it's just kind of a balanced thing rather than an overhaul. I guess. You know, like, like the modernization of Fantasy Star 2 that I played earlier this year, like I would yeah. recommend that f- way more over the original. Yeah. Even, even like for me, um, just yeah. playing that. Just, just play the modernized uh, patch version. Gotcha. Um, all right, number three, Shovel Knight: Plague of Shadows. Oh, what's uh, that? Playing the new expansion of Shovel Knight was like meeting up with an old friend for coffee. It came out last year. They're mostly just the same as you remember them, but halfway into your first cup, you find out they're into alchemy now. Being a half-assed alchemist of words myself, there's no way I can't be enthralled by the way alchemy is weaved into this new way to play, given that I call the original a perfect alchemical reaction and all. A fresh new way to play last year's Game of the Year. Alchemy. Alchemy. Alright, I looked it up. I looked it up. There's um, Final Fantasy III Mason hack just does a bunch of um, tweaks to how the weapons and armor and classes work and everything. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't get it. it make, to, me, if, to me, I feel like just want to play their game but whatever um <laughs> number two saints row the third sometimes you just got to play in the big triple a pool <laughs> not wrong not wrong saints row the three gives you one hell of a pool to swim in too my experience with open world crime games before this was literally just gta vice city so this was a step up is that the best one um <laughs> really yeah vice city's real fucking good cool that's kind of what i've gathered um Better gunplay, better driving, more cool stuff to do. Oh, and the entire thing is absolute nonsense, totally tongue-in-cheek, and utterly gonzo. Plus, I was a cute redhead, voiced by Laura Bailey. What else do you want out of a game? There you go. Amen. All right. <clears throat> what do you all think number one is? I think it's Undertale. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, big surprise. Y'all talked for five and a half hours about this. What else can I add? It's brilliant and a condemnation of how we play most RPGs. A spec ops the line that actually works without just patronizing you for the sin of playing the game. Well said. It's heartfelt, emotional, and has you wanting to find another way to win these battles without killing. The good vibes it gives you fills you with determination. All right, Rhett. It's time for you to whip them pants off and drop big <laughs> whoa, old whoa. number two. Right on the podcast. I used, that, I, used, I used that same dumb joke on the Album of the Year podcast, but I know nobody listened to that, so I'll use I, it. I listened to it. Good for you. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I'd love to listen to that, actually. Well, it's it's on the site now, so you can go okay. check it out. Cool. So what's your number two, Rhett? My number two is very appropriately The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Hell yeah, it is. I... I still am kind of confused by this, though. I'm confused as well, because I remember you not liking The Binding of Isaac at all. I, I remember that. It was on Form- he posted about it on Formspring. I hated the original, and I went back to it pretty recently, and I still really don't like how that one feels. I wish you would have done some Let's Play videos of it. I wanted to I, see you play it. I think I got to Womb once. Like, it's still really hard for me to play that version. Yeah. Like, I've been knowing everything about it. Yeah, know? there's just, like, like, the movement is way different. It's so shitty. And, but anyways. Bullets move so much faster, too. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's faster and slower. Like, it's just way harder. Yeah. But yeah, Binding of Isaac Rebirth just feels so goddamn good to play, mm-hmm. which really surprised me. And, like, controlling the character with the analog stick, I think it's just a way nicer way to play yeah i recently started only playing that game with the controller i used to come to the one true movement method yeah (laughs) Yeah, i i played that game with just keyboard for you know ever since the flash version and i only recently started doing it and i was like oh hey look i beat greed mode with my controller with the loss (laughs) so awesome cool yeah that game is just endlessly replayable because you never know what the fuck's going to happen based on what items you get. Mm-hmm. And some of them combos are just... It's a real power fantasy yeah. trip when you get like a really good run of like quad shot brimstone oh. or like exploding sad bombs is always a fun time. Yeah, just like get brimstone, sad bombs, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> or like brimstone... I mean, not everything has to be brimstone, but it is a pretty good one. Or, like, yeah. You can just make so many crazy combos and i'm really excited to try afterbirth which apparently really focused on the synergies and stuff yeah there there are a lot more synergies there are a lot more uh cool little transformations that can happen too yeah but yeah somehow binding of Isaac went from like this flash game that i really had a serious distaste for rather than even just ignoring it to somehow playing isaac rebirth for months and months and months and it's just like well, I may as well just finish all the challenges, and then it's like, well, I may as well unlock the lost, you know, for a laugh. I'm for not a actually going to play it. Yeah. And then, like, a week later, it's like, oh, I got true Platinum God. Like, yeah. I have actually 100% of this game. I guess I like it a bit. Doesn't that feel so good? It's just like... Getting that felt... Yeah, so getting that, finishing that, and, like, beating Boss Rush with the lost just was, like, fucking achievement it's it it feels so incredible to actually pull that off because like the loss is a character that cannot be hit you cannot die, you know like you get hit once and you're dead that is it game over like even if you're all the way into like satan's territory it's like 
Good God, I still gotta do Mega Satan as the Lost. Well, he used to be one hit until they fucking pussied out. I don't have that yet. Wait, really? I don't have the Holy Mantle uh, as uh, a starting item for him yet. The Holy Mantle is an item that... You fucking did green mode without that? Yeah, I did green mode without the holy mantle. Okay, you are the true platinum god then. Holy shit. But uh, the holy mantle lets you take a free hit, and it doesn't count. So, like, it's basically the lost's best asset. And it used to be you just have to hope you got lucky and found it. But once you donate a a specific amount to the greed machine, which pops up after you complete greed mode mm-hmm. uh you start as that you start with that item uh as the lost so yeah i i just assumed you had gotten that to do greed mode with him no i haven't done that i haven't unlocked the keeper yet um that's things like that yeah that's really that's way more impressive now that i realize you didn't even have that but yeah binding of isaac rebirth a very addictive game yeah i don't i don't use the word addictive a lot it's, to yeah. describe games <laughs> but that game it, it's seriously addictive like you know you could just go you know like like you have a run and it's just like yeah that felt good let's do another yeah it's just felt good let's do another yeah i don't have a vita like john but like this was the <laughs> one game like i would sometimes just turn my my <clears throat> tv towards the bed and just play in bed yeah that I sounds did. so lovely it's like like I don't have a lot of time on it on Steam because uh, when I play it a lot, uh, I'm usually in offline mode. But I did that a lot with eight six eight hack as well. Uh, I had a, I have a lot more time oh. than is actually logged on Steam because I just like I pick it up, I play it, and it feels good. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, I've got five minutes. I can play through this game. I've That's only so rad. Only ever gotten to loop three though. Oh man, I think I got to loop three once. Yeah. It gets God. real hard after that. Real fast. Yeah, that that game's fantastic though. Streamlined Avatar. <laughs> I remember one time I'm like, oh, I'm tired but not really falling asleep yet, so I'm just gonna play Isaac in bed, and then like, I'm just kind of laying full back playing it, and then I start to do really good on this run, so I sit up a bit, and then by the end I'm like totally hunched forward up in bed, like, why am I even doing this anymore? Because like I'm doing really good on the run. I think I beat Mega Satan on that run. It was like the, a few of the runs that I've streamed where it's just like, ah, I'm just going to do this. It's the end of a stream. Let's have, you know, let's just throw it. And then it's just like, you know, you're completely lackadaisical through the first few floors. And then all of a sudden you get that one item that changes everything. And it's like, uh Oh, I've got Bumbo yeah. now. Bumbo. <laughs> Bumbo want coin. Bumbo get coin. Bumbo save friend. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, number two. That's my number two. The game with the most number two. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Because it's got poopy in it. The game has a lot of poopy. (laughs) My number two game does not have a lot of poopy in it, but it does have a lot of happiness. It does have a lot of laughs. It is Undertale. God damn it, Polly. My number two. I knew one of us was going to do it. My number two is Undertale. I probably don't have to say a lot about this game because we've talked about it for five and a half hours already and about why this game is fantastic and why it is just so magical and makes me smile, gives me all the happy feelings, makes me want to just hug everybody. So, yeah, Undertale, that's my number two. I don't. What more can I say at this point? We'll, We'll get to that later. Yeah. Cool. John, number two. 
My number two is um, open HTML tag font size equals uh, four. Um, Demon Souls, close font size tag. Font size equals 34. Dark Souls, <laughs> close font size tag. Wait, what, did you play Dark Souls for the first time this year? Yep. Yeah. Because we, 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 really? we did the Dark Souls cast in April. Yeah. Oh my god, it's been a long time. It was year. on my best games of all time that I haven't played yet list. And I played it this year. Like my ga- you know what games were on the list that I played last year? Dragon Quarter Majora's Mask. <laughs> this year I played um Dark Souls and um Jill of the Jungle, which was a last minute bump for Castlevania. It was so sad. <laughs> Jill of the Jungle's great. Yep. So Demon Souls is a really cool, um, really formal, tight, just perfect little game that I like a lot. Um, Dark Souls. <laughs> oh my god! I just that dropped was a, a great laugh. That was. I, I dropped just a month into that game of just thinking of not when I am play, when I say drop a month, I don't mean I played it like for a trillion hours. Although I did play it for like fifty hours, I mean that just my every my waking moments were consumed just thinking about this beautiful, beautiful game. Um, Dark Souls um, captures a lot of magic of um, kind of old old Famicom, old NES games, old Game Boy games, um, in a way that I can't. That just like when I played Legend of Zelda and Zelda Two last year, and kind of contrasted that with my experience with Link to the Past, um, and I knew that there was something that was lost in the transition even though there's a lot of stuff that was inarguably gained. Um, I feel like Dark Souls is actually kind of succeeds what that represents. The Castlevania, Castlevania 2 stuff, the, um, just that ambiance of mm, just <laughs> quiet uneasiness and fear, um, but in a just that just arises naturally from the experience of playing the game and enjoying this world. And there's a tension and beauty to it that is just really something special. And I really cannot fucking believe that it's my number two on this list. I really did not think it was going to be. <laughs> God. Yep. This is I I I said straight up. This is like one of my new favorite games just of like, all time. Like of it, all time. If I oh. were to if I were to do an all time list again, mm-hmm. like Dark Souls would easily be in the top ten. Oh, easily. Yeah, and um, another another one was like Metroid 2, just that kind of... Um, it's like in a, a specifically electronic kind of dread yeah. where you feel like you don't really understand the boundaries of this world and you it feel it feels like something's just reaching outside. I don't know. It's something really cool. Just the secret worlds, I guess. The stuff in all the little Castlevania 2 moments in Dark Souls, like when you have to jump into the abyss wearing a certain ring, otherwise you die, yeah. and land in a pure blackness. That's it. It's the, there's, black, uh, there's a pure black background in Dark Souls. Like what, how often common is that in AAA games it's... when that, was, that defines stuff like Zelda 2 and Metroid 2 and Metroid? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that speaks to something of kind of, Something ephemeral. I obviously didn't prepare anything here. I'm just kind of 
there's something really ephemeral and beautiful about Dark Souls that even stretches beyond its obvious, amazing qualities of its pitch, just perfect world progression design. Yeah. Um, and it's great fighting, and it's really imaginative bosses, and it's just surprisingly evocative storyline, and it's evocation of um, entropy mm-hmm. and inevitable decay and death and building that into the structure of the universe of its universe. And I've heard a lot of people say dark souls is nihilistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly don't believe that because all it is, is just taking this fundamental fact about our universe that everything is decaying. Everything falls apart. Everything dies. Mm-hmm. And it just builds its little dragon quest narrative onto a universe where that is, is impressed upon you in every way. Yeah. Just everything and, about that game exudes death and finality and mm-hmm. everything just progressing towards an end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it doesn't have like a dawn of a new day moment like Majora's Mask, which is very similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that means that it's nihilistic. I think no. it's just... It's just a fact. It's a fact. It's a truth about our world and... Dark Souls is just builds that into its cool little fantasy universe. And that's kind of what elevates it over Demon's Souls for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I absolutely love Dark Souls. Yeah, I think you're in good company to be loving the yes. shit out of Dark Souls here. Absolutely. I believe Polly and I both did number one in 2012, was it? Maybe 13. Maybe. I don't remember. I can't believe this is my number two entry. <laughs> Oh my god, this is as, mean, it's as good as Dragon Quarter and Mother 3 and Dragon Quest 5 and all my other top 10s. I thought some of those games were in the trash now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hear about that in a bit, probably. So that's your number two? That's my number two. All right. Uh, hey, Rhett. Hey. Maybe, maybe some guest list time? Guest list. This one comes in from Tengu Gemini. Mm-hmm. Number four. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That was yeah. my number four last year. Hearing everyone talk this game up made me very excited to play it. I got it as a present last year, but only got around to playing it in 2015. Non-stop, stupid, amazing, stupid action. Number three, Dagen Rampa 2, Goodbye Despair. <laughs> so excited to play these games now that I've Is anime as fuck, and I couldn't mm. be happier. <laughs> continuing the trend of everyone saying their game is the most anime. Yep. I wasn't sure that the cast would could match the cast of the first game, but I was pleasantly surprised. Now that I have to wait for the third game, I think I may need to kill time by trying Spike, Sh- Spike Shunsoft's other visual novel series. Hey, maybe try out Zero Escape. <laughs> yeah, it's good really there. good. Pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Okay. That's when you have to stop. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's 1 a.m. and you're being dumb. That's a good point. Number two. I got up 19 hours ago in another country. <laughs> I can't believe you made it here. Anyways, number two is Splatoon. Great music, great visual style, great gameplay. It's great. This is the first time I've ever been drawn in by an online shooter, and it's well worth getting a Wii U to play it. The and player... a wild connection. <laughs> the single player is also very good, if short. The final boss alone is worth it. 
and Inkling girls are gay. Yeah, they are gay. My Anger number one game. My number one game this year is, to nobody's surprise, Undertale. I think you may have already covered why this is so good. Perhaps. Were, did you pick all of the lists on this one as the ones that put Undertale at number one? Yes. Oh. That's fantastic. That's a lot of lists. I think it might be the SMPS pick. I, All right, so Soxcast approved Undertale. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's approved. All right, point. so that's that's two now. We got Final Fantasy X and Undertale. Mm. What? That's, <laughs> that's the only ones we like. Dark Souls. Okay, Dark Souls is Soxcast. <laughs> Shovel Knight. Put it up to a vote. Ugh, Shovel Knight. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Trash. Ugh. Garbage. Um, I've got what I believe to be yes our final guest list of the year. And it, come, and it comes in from our uh, one and only Raquel. I think oh, that's how you say it, isn't it? <laughs> save, save the best for last. Save the best for last. There we go. Her number four is a game that I'm going to be getting into come the new year. Life is Strange. I loved Liz. The world... Uh, er, Liz. No, it's L-I-S. <laughs> okay. She didn't love Liz. She loved Life is Strange. Uh, the world it showed you and the characters you meet and learn about. The interesting ways you can change the story, hold conversations, and how the game implements its uh, is main mechanic is all used fantastically. For those who haven't played it, I highly recommend it, and I hope you enjoy the word hella. Yeah. They apparently say that a lot. I hope, I hope you enjoy that. I'm, I'm really, I guess I'm really suspicious of it, mm. um, just because of the ending, which I, I heard I on its own. I don't oh. know the ending. I don't, I don't okay. know the ending. <laughs> Okay. So our number three is a game that I'm happy to see have made at least one list because that means one other person other than me played <laughs> it. Contradiction, the all murder the all video ah, murder mystery. I have never played an FMB game, but this this one had caught my eye, and after hearing Polly talk about it, I decided to give it a try and I loved it. The characters were all unique and is entertaining uh, when Jinx catches on to one of the suspects in a lie while trying to solve what happened. And yes, that game's got a really great uh, resolution, and awesome. it's it's so cheesily acted. And it's Tim Fallen! And it's Tim Fallen! And, but it's British as fuck, and you will love the characters. It's so Ooh. good. It's really, really good. I think it's important that I let everyone know right now that I'm petting my puppy, and <laughs> he's making me... And I'm just smiling and like practically crying. It's just He's just really sweet, and I haven't seen him all week, so I'm just really <laughs> loving this. <laughs> Means he's playing with his penis. <laughs> God damn it. So number two, number two is Child of Light. This is a game that got bumped Ooh. off my list, um, but it is it's I will vouch for this game as well. It's a beautiful storybook like game that focuses on a young girl who is trying to return to her home and her father in Austria. That's the word. Uh, the game features a lovable cast of characters who join you along the way, and uh, you help them find closure. Uh, the way the game ends is perfect, and the atmosphere of the game leaves you feeling happy. Yeah, this game, it's so good. And it's got, like, a really great uh, Grandia-inspired uh, battle system that's really cool. Oh, cool. Uh, and it's just UbiArt. It's by, you know, it's got the UbiArt engine, and it looks fantastic. And, and characters are all really, really, really great. And her number one... Her I wonder of, what it is. Her game of the year... <laughs> Hyperdimension Neptune. <laughs> Fantasy Star on. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, right. It's Undertale. 
Uh, you know it, you love it. I talked about it for five hours with you adorable and precious nerds. It's Undertale. I loved everything that this game showed me. The music is fantastic, the characters are charming and interesting, and have an interesting arc where you help them find uh, resolve, or kill them, uh, with a great battle system. The humor, the queer representation, and how much uh, <clears throat> and how much one can relate to the characters. I know everyone has heard a lot about this game, but it's endure- it, but it's deserving. Absolutely agree with you there. So there you have it, Raquel's top four games of 2015. You know what that means. It's time for us to give a real quick rundown our number 10 to number two okay i guess i'll go first because i've been going first yep my number five shovel knight plague of shadows number four rocket league number three bloodborne number two the binding of isaac rebirth i said about the number 10 through i said number 10 to number two you dorkimus i don't have the other page up so (laughs) okay you can't recite it from memory how much did you think about this reed oh my god Live TV, folks. This is how oh my God. Sometimes. John, okay. ten to right, two. I'm going to close my eyes and recite it from memory. Number ten, the Zero Escape series. Number nine, Project N33, and Poly Clicker. Number eight, did, did Polly put Poly Clicker? Oh, oh. Number eight. Um, <laughs> shit. Wait, no, I got this. Rayforce. Number seven. Hey, look, I saw. Contra Hardcore. No, I I remembered. Number seven, Contra Hardcore. Number six, Castlevania Bloodlines and Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. And Igovania is on my game of the year list. But, wow, all the rest of them are bad. Number five, We Know the Devil. Go play this fucking game. It's a half hour long and it's 6.66. Number four, uh, Mario Maker and Mario 3D World. Number three, The King of Fighters et al. Number two, Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Number one. <laughs> and we don't go number one yet. You're right. But Rhett. I, I had so much momentum. What? What is... Wait, what? you didn't do your rundown. Oh, I didn't? No. You're right, I didn't. <laughs> wow. Where's, it's not one o'clock in the morning. Totally. Uh, my number 10 is Hotline Miami 2, wrong number. My number 9 is Downwell. Number 8, XCOM Enemy Unknown. Number 7, Read Only Memories. Number 6, The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth. Number 5, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Number 4, Axiom Burge. Number 3, Shovel Knight, Plague of Shadows. Number 2, Undertale. God damn, that is a great list. So now, Rhett, it is time for you to let this wonderful... time for me... To guess what your number one is. <laughs> it's Polyclicker. It's Polyclicker, right? I, can I take a guess? No. Can I... No. You can edit then... out mine if I... I don't want them to guess. Well, I'm then... sorry, I shouldn't have guessed. I fucked it up. I'm awful. You're okay. terrible, John. I, I you're think fired. You're, you're wrong. You think I'm wrong? I think you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe. I think right. due to certain things, I want Polly to go next. You want okay. me, you want me to go ahead and lay out my game of the year? Yeah. All right. Okay. Doing it live. Doing it live. My number one game of 2015 is mm-hmm. Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth One. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! I have to go. There's an explanation here. Uh, I connect to games. In uh, a lot of personal ways. And I connect a lot of my uh, sentimentality towards games to 
events in my life or things that are going on. You know, there are a lot of reasons that I enjoyed Super Metroid more than just for the fact that it is a great game. It is also because I have a lot of wonderful memories attached to that game. Uh, and it's the same reason that I, I have Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth as my game of the year, because even though I think that Undertale is a more emotionally resounding game, I think that the feelings that I had and like the, the, the not only the amazing amount of just bonding that I think all of us did over these dumb little games, you know, that started with this first game, um, Hyperdimension Opportunity Rebirth 1 also got me through some pretty rough shit where I was going uh, through in my personal life. And I wasn't feeling super great about a lot of things. And uh, that game made me laugh. And I wanted to stay immersed in that world. And I did. When I completed it, I went back and I played through the entire game again because I just still wanted to be there because mm -hmm. these things, you know, in this world made me happy. Um, and continuing to follow that series throughout the year has, you know, been like little pick-me-ups every time one comes out so it's just like you know if something's bad it's just like well hey i got this cool game that i can go back to and these cool characters that always make me laugh and feel good um so um my game of the year is the game of the year because it's just you know had a very profound effect on you know not only my own mental state of being but it's also connected a lot of people and made us all laugh for a lot of the same reasons and enjoy the same things much like undertale did as well uh it's just for me hyperdimension neptunia also had sort of a healing effect that uh it just kind of put it just a few notches above i agonized over these two quite a bit <laughs> believe me uh, mm. These two bounced back and forth, and at one point, you know, at one night, it was just like, you know, I have to close this list, and I can't look at it anymore. I'm not going to make any more edits. This is it, you know. And that was when I made the final edit to give uh, my game of the year nod to the first Neptunia Rebirth game, and uh, that's my reasoning, and that's my game of the year. Damn. That is a great reasoning. All right, uh, Rhett, what is your game of the year? My, technically, my guess would have been wrong because I was going to say Rebirth Three. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. I, I had to decide on that. It was just like, do I want to go with one or three? And it was just like, I think that one just had yeah. a bigger, more profound effect on, you know, just everybody being into it at the time. And it was just really mm -hmm. cool seeing everybody just kind of getting yeah. into the joke and enjoying it all at the same time. And I think that that's really why mm -hmm. uh, Rebirth 1 uh, takes it for me. Cool. That's really cool. I'm looking forward to joining in on it, too. <laughs> Uh, my game of the year is Undertale. John, what's your <laughs> game of the year? Um, so, rough shit, speaking of which, <laughs> I went and dug into Castlevania like hell, and I had like a drip feed going, basically, mm -hmm. of people talk, tweeting at me about Castlevania all day for like a month. It was great. Um, I think Eric, John tweeted at me a bunch, and... I think Ario Barzan followed me at that point and tweeted at me a whole bunch about Castlevania. And that was a blast. And then after that, there was a bunch of Steven Universe episodes that came out. Um, I discovered Steven Universe in January. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of has spread for all of us mm -hmm. in a similar way. And I'm really glad to have taken part in that. Um, and then right, and then Steven Universe stopped airing, you know? Yep. Um, I think in August... Mm -hmm. And I got this game in September called Undertale. <laughs> and I played it to death and talked it up like hell to all of you. 
Um, yeah. You said it was your favorite game of all time. <laughs> and then I bought it during that podcast. <laughs> all right. I can't say I it's someone's favorite game of all time. But it made me discount. It made me be like, a fa- can you really have a favorite game? <laughs> <laughs> is that really? Really, everything is good at a certain point. Um, so I think this is a beautiful, I had kind of a really personal reaction too when I read some of the stuff, some, um, cause I, I'm in a corridor of the internet where I hear like lots of contrary opinions, lots of so, bad opinions, bad, con- lots of contrary opinions. So I've kind of thought about this game and played it to death and then read like the tiny handful of the internet that doesn't like it, um, for like thought out reasons, mm-hmm. um, not just game facts. Oh, it's Tumblr bullshit. And then I've had to just kind of run it over my head and be like, no, no, you're, you're wrong. This is magical and lovely for these precise reasons and talk it over with Reed, link him articles. Um, so it's not just that this story came at this, this story came at me and resonated with me in a very deep way. And it's just been something that I've been stewing on and kind of honing some critical chops with, for a really long time now. Um, I feel like I've thought really intensely about video games this whole year, and I feel really good and prepared to just keep loving them forever. Undertale's kind of like the culmination of you looking at games critically. Yeah. it. Everything I've thought about up until now, since I started writing about games on this site in like 2010, it's just kind of comes together in Undertale. And it's... Like a twelve-hour game, if you, if you, or like a ten-hour game, if you um have to play through it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real fucking um, good. In case you guys didn't know. Can I say like, can, a bit about? Go for it. Yeah, for me, it's just like I have never seen a game that like is so mechanically dense with how it compares to the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like everything in that game has a reason or a purpose and like you can i'm still like discovering things about like character motivations and why each character did this and how you can relate it to this other win and how like stray lines of dialogue that like make no sense the first time like relate to something in a different route and it's just like oh and like this game literally keeps blowing my mind like on a daily basis and it's just it's so dense with good feelings and stuff <laughs> yeah it's it's whew. it's a powerful little game and yeah. i really wonder like what we'll be thinking of that game in five years i wonder yeah. if its impact will still be felt i mean i think it will just because mm. i think it's a special game and i tend to hold on to special games you know and yeah. never let that go but i just kind of wonder once the zeitgeist sort of Passes. calms down yeah. like what what will people really think of undertale mm-hmm. i think it's just I got. I had another like personal reaction a couple times when people were, um, come on, puppy, Oliver, <laughs> settle down. What the fuck? Puppy is very excited about Undertale. He's yeah. He's got stuff to say um, as well. There's lots of dogs in Undertale, so he's it, a very annoying dog. Um, <laughs> so lost my train of thought. I got another personal reaction when someone was like, "I think people are just letting the hype get to them." And I'm like, I know what I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, look, 
It's like, have you considered that maybe you're just stupid and don't know what you like? (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, like, I was so, like, there was so much hype around this when I played it. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. It's not that good. And then, like, by the time I got to the neutral ending, I was just like, yeah, this is this is something special. Yeah. And then, like, replaying it and, like, really thinking about, like, the characters and how they interact and, like, just so many little Easter eggs, like how many things make sense on replays. Like it's incredible. God, I just like stacking hot dogs on my head. Uh, really, really, that's all there is to it. Like, once you, how many games this year could you stack hot dogs on your head? Exactly. Like that's the only game this year where you can stack hot dogs on your head. Well, what if next year somebody lets you stack thirty hot dogs? Oh, oh man. man. Then we're gonna have to do some real serious soul searching and <laughs> probably revise. 2015's list, I think. Oh, I get it. Soul searching. Oh. 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 Hey, oh. Hey. I am so clever. Did y'all hear it when I called? Get it when I called Don of Soros. Don of Soros. Soulless. Yeah, I, I oh. caught you. I caught you. <laughs> You're so clever, John. Oh my god, that was so. Really- like, in preparation for doing the game of the year stuff, I actually replayed Undertale again. Jesus Christ. So just a third playthrough. I'm not like going completely hog wild on it, mm-hmm. but the I had started. <laughs> but I also wasn't going hog wild, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, so I got partway into the game on my third playthrough, and I was like, I should probably like take a break from this game for a bit. So I was in Waterfall when I resumed it after about a month, and the first enemy I came to was Shiren. Oh, and this is the one where to to do the mercy. You just hum, and she hums along, and that's it's really cute. But there's an Easter egg where you can keep humming, and like the dialogue makes it sound like you're this rock band touring through the world, and <laughs> Sans is selling tickets to the concert, and then you keep humming, and it keeps getting more and more intense, and Chiron is so happy. Oh my god. And there's the dialogue is like, you've toured the world, but it's time to go now. One last song as you say farewell. And oh I started God. crying. <laughs> and that's Undertale to me. My brother is playing the game right now, and he just and he texted me like, "I have had the most emotional reaction I've ever had to a video game." And he told me that it was he got into Naps to Luke's house. <laughs> he ate his ghost sandwich and then sat down with Naps to Luke. Just like, oh, this is so nice. And then the space popped up. <laughs> It was just like, oh, it's so it's, good. I just sat there for like five minutes. It just, <laughs> it was just, it's really nice. Naps to Bluke is like the most relatable character ever. Absolutely. Like, <clears throat> just not feeling up to it right now. Everybody is a little bit of Alphys and Naps to Bluke. Yes. So your game of the year is Undertale. Yeah, it's, it, it, it yes, it is that good. <laughs> All right. Well. It is time for us to start winding things down, but I am going to first start by giving a very special thanks to the people out there uh, that are listening to this dumb thing. I know I joke a lot and say, oh, nobody listens to this bullshit, but I, I see the numbers and I know that there are people who actually do listen to this on a fairly regular basis. I see the comments and um, via email, whether they come to my inbox or Rhett's. Um, and uh, something that really made me happy this year was somebody compared my hosting style to that of Ryan Davis. Um, and that kind of was just like, you know what? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm really, really happy doing this. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, everybody out there that like listens to this, you know, I've always said that anything I'm involved with, uh, if I could just like make one person smile or make their day a little better, then it was totally worth it. And apparently, you know, we're still doing that. I know that it makes us happy doing it, you know, but it's uh, even more fulfilling knowing that like there are people out there that um, enjoy what we do, our inane babblery that tends to go on way too fucking long. Um, and secondly, all of you are our. Our audience is our real game of the year. Our audience is the real SoxCast game of the year. We love you all. And uh, I'm also going to give special thanks to uh, both Rhett and John for being the best the best co-hosts that anybody could ever ask for, on top of being a couple of the best friends anybody could ask for as well. Uh, th- this would not be fun without either of you. Uh, and it just means a lot that you know we've kept this thing going now for almost a year and a half, and we're you know we still we're not bored of it. We still get together and do it, and like even though we want to strangle John a lot of the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys make this worthwhile. You guys make it fun. Um, so yeah, thanks for just being you and being awesome. Thanks. Aww. You're the hostess <laughs> with the mostest. Oh, uh, and that. But with you. And that is going to wrap it up for 2015. The Sox cast will be back in 2016. It will still ba- basically be the same. <laughs> you know, just we'll have a guest. Four more years. Four, four more, more years. years. Yeah, we'll do this for four more years. That is the Sox cast promise to you. And we're 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 inching toward episode 50. So Ooh. maybe maybe we'll uh find we'll figure out something to do. Uh, when we get closer to that uh, in the coming year, uh, I don't know what that would be yet. Undertale Let's Play. There you go. <laughs> Undertale Stream Live. There you go. <laughs> so, um, again, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for contributing lists. Yeah, I said contributing. You want to fight about it? <laughs> Thank you for contributing lists to uh, Game of the Year. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for all the emails you guys send. We love them, we love answering them. Um, and, uh, if you got anything you want to send us, uh, podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. And you can also find us, uh, at underscore or at SMPS underscore updates on Twitter. Uh, and with that, we're going to get the fuck out of here. But remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. <laughs>